Do you know that Uzbekistan is one of the only two doubly landlocked countries on Earth, sharing borders with five other landlocked countries? Despite the significant challenges that landlockedness poses for commerce in the region, international trade is still viewed as a crucial ingredient for development and social stability. Find out what is being done to address this and more today on Trade for Peace. Welcome to Trade for Peace, brought to you by the WTO's Trade for Peace program. I am Axel Addy, former chief negotiator of Liberia's accession to the WTO and founding member of the Trade for Peace program. Trade for Peace is a 30-minute podcast in conversation with Trade for Peace champions, the global policymakers, entrepreneurs, and innovators committed to promoting trade as a key ingredient for lasting peace. Join us in our bi-monthly podcast as we discuss how trade is contributing to sustainable peace in fragile and conflict-affected countries. Welcome to Trade for Peace. Welcome to Episode 5, Season 2 of Trade for Peace. Today, we are going to be looking at Central Asia perspectives from policy to implementation. Since 1991, despite the limited appearance of violent conflicts, Central Asia has been grappling with unaddressed grievances that gave rise to regional tensions. Geopolitical factors and unequal access to resources continue to underlie these tensions. In this podcast, we have had the chance to talk to many Trade for Peace champions leading the change through trade policy. But how are these policies implemented on the ground? And how can we close the gap between policy and implementation? Helping us unpack these questions, we have with us Doshad Akbarov, who is the project manager of Aid for Trade at UNDP, and Bakhtir Shodiev, the managing partner and co-founder of Jahan Exim Group in Uzbekistan. Doshad, Bakhtir, thank you very much for joining us today on Trade for Peace. Yeah, thank you, Axel, for the warm welcome, and thank you, WTO colleagues uh, for inviting us to, the, to join this podcast. It's a real pleasure for us to be here. Thank you, Axel. Thank you for this opportunity to be involved in this activity of Trade for Peace Talks. Now, Delshad, I'd like to start with you. You have been working in the development sector in Central Asia for quite some time. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey? How did it all get started? Thank you. Thank you for the question. Yeah, basically, my professional career started back in 2001 when I started to work at the public sector in Uzbekistan at the Ministry of Foreign Economic Relations and Trade of Uzbekistan in the role of trade policy analyst in the foreign trade department of the ministry. The whole professional career in the public sector up until 2006 was closely involved with analysis of trade policy, formulation of trade policy. And tools and instruments for sustainable development. But I made a decision after six years of working in the public sector to pursue my career in the International Development Organization, in particular United Nations Development Program in Uzbekistan. Basically, what inspired me to pursue that career is participation at 
several international development conferences where I was invited to participate, where I saw a very diverse environment of uh, trade practitioners trying to make development changes in the country, trying to help the country to pursue sustainable development. It was interesting to to meet and work with high-end dignitaries, uh, which the, the care in the, in the International Development Organization allowed to also tangible nature of work, which allows to for the results of, of the work to be visible and meaningful. Thank you, Dilshad. We'll come back to you on looking at trade policy formulation to implementation. Now, I would like to talk to you about you. You are working in a private sector with a company that's working with mostly women. Tell us about how you got started. Yes, Axel, thank you. Thank you for the question. Basically, let me tell you a little bit about the company and the background, why we started Jahon Exim Group in the first place. This was during the trip to Korea. Uh, my partner, Jahon he brought dried mangoes and we tasted them. The dried mangoes were great and were tasty. And then we started thinking, you know, what type of produce from Uzbekistan we could also parallelly, you know, start drying and exporting from Uzbekistan. Now, for your reference, Uzbekistan is considered predominantly agricultural country, producing and exporting the GDP, uh, I think, around 30%. 30% of GDP accounts for uh, agricultural produce. And also around 30% people are employed in this sphere. So this is one of the key areas for Uzbekistan. And this is one of the reasons why we also, let's say, stopped at this particular venture. So we started thinking what fruits we could use and dry and export from Uzbekistan. And there were not too many choices, dried melons. So melons in texture and in taste, they're also quite similar to mangoes. So we started drying melons. Also for your reference, the market for dried mangoes constitutes around $1 billion worldwide, unprocessed. If you consider adding some value on the chain of value chain, this figure can go up to $10 billion. So this is a great potential actually for Uzbekistan as an emerging and developing country. So we also uh, started working in this sphere and we um, started a venture, a workshop really in Tashkent city, employing around 10 to 15 women, mostly women, preparing, processing, washing, cutting, and drying uh, melons. And also for your information, Uzbekistan is considered to be a native country, let's say hometown of melons. Prehistorically, if you go back to the historical roots, Uzbekistan is considered to be the, the native uh, homeland of uh, melons. So uh, we started doing that. And within the first couple of years, we have entered the largest supermarket chains in Uzbekistan, that's Korzinko and Makro. And we also started supplying duty-free shops at the airport, international airport of Uzbekistan. But uh, within a couple of years, we have realized that the, the real market is exports and cannot just limit ourselves to a native market, to local market, although the demand was there. So we started thinking about exporting it. And we have realized that there are certain challenges and certain um, problems that need to be addressed in order to access the international markets, both closed markets, uh, such as uh, CIS markets, Kazakhstan, Russia, China, and also foreign markets like 
European market, uh, United States market, uh, more developed countries' markets. And speaking of challenges, Dilshad, the Central Asia region has been prone to so many challenges, but it also served as the crossroad between China, India, and Russia and access to the European market. And then back to your mention, looking at export opportunities, Uzbekistan can play a role as a facilitator, as a major trade hub uh, for export to Europe. But there is a dead lack of uh, access to the sea, and that presents many challenges in terms of getting export products out of the country. Thank you, Axel. Yes, you're right. All the countries of Central Asia characterized by uh, landlockedness, uh, meaning the exports entails high logistics costs. The countries have to cross one country, and in the case of Uzbekistan, even two countries to access the sea. So it creates additional burden on prices of exported products, and this is a challenge. Also, uh, one of the main development challenges in, in, the, in the region is lack of diversification. Economies of Central Asia is characterized by a relatively limited output as well as export diversification, which makes them very vulnerable to external shocks. And the recent crisis, the COVID-19 crisis, amplified the urgency of economic diversification in Central Asia. Although the, the countries have made socioeconomic progress that is driven mainly by experts of minerals and the commodity type of products and the labor in the last two decades, but economic diversification would lay a more solid foundation for accelerated development. So rising commodity exports now are helping them to restore economic growth after the blow of the COVID-19 crisis, but further diversifying the economy and pursuing structural reforms to boost productivity growth uh, with focus on sustainable production patterns will be key building strong and sustainable recovery after the, uh, after the crisis. So these are the two of the, the most, of, most pressing challenges uh, for the region right now. And uh, our project, Base for Training Central Asia, trying to help the countries to address and tackle these challenges. Yeah. And what specifically is the project working on to address issues of export diversification? Yeah, at the core of the project activities, basically, the, the target people that, that we work for is people and communities, especially people in rural communities and bordering communities who need sustainable income and decent jobs. So to, to help them to pursue uh, and uh, find more employment opportunities and income opportunities, we work with private sector companies, SMEs and MSMEs, uh, to improve their productive capacities, to increase their competitiveness, especially expert competitiveness, with the companies like the one Bakhtior works on, so to help them realize trade opportunities. We work on the three levels. We help the governments to formulate the trade policies for, for creating an enabling environment for uh, trade-oriented private sector development. Uh, on the meso level, we support trade support institutions to make them more efficient in, in provision of efficient services to private sector in terms of um, market access, access to information, finding the right markets and other issues. And uh, on the micro level, we, we work with value chain actors and the private sector companies in the rural areas to help them to become more efficient and competitive producers and processors. Thank you, Ilshad. And uh, back to you, you're benefiting from this initiative, which is taking 
policy and translating that into implementation. You guys are actually Faith for Peace champions. You're on the front line of ensuring and creating opportunities, especially with SMEs. Tell me, you know, as someone who's working in the SME sector, as an entrepreneur, how have this initiative helped your company grow to a level of competitiveness that is allowing you to now look at exports? Yes, thank you. Thank you for the question, Axel. So first of all, I agree with the point of, uh, that Dilshot has mentioned that productive capacity and efficiency in production of agricultural produce is quite important for exporting companies. And this is one of the points that we have considered from the beginning of our production. Now, the second part of the problem or, or the point, and we consider this as part of our mission as well, is the, uh, the approach and the attention that we pay to the innovation. So from the first days, we have paid a lot of attention to innovation and we built our success and uh, our legacy on the premises of the many years and centuries old of traditions of agricultural produce and a special taste, but also with international standards to deliver that to the customer, to end customer, based on the international standards. Something important for us, and uh, we have considered this as critically important from the first days. Now, going through the value chain, we think that it's important to package the product and to position it, to market it correctly and deliberately. So we also paid a lot of investment. We have invested a lot of uh, capital for packaging, and we've used the latest modern technological uh, solutions for packaging our dried fruits. We use Multivac packaging uh, line for that. And uh, I think it's important for exporters to, to have not only quality products produced against the international standards, but also these products to be packaged and uh, delivered to the customers. Now, from the perspective of the challenges, there is, as, as you know, international market is quite competitive. There are plenty of suppliers. There are plenty of players in the market, big players. And Central Asia is say, not the biggest part of the supplier base for dried fruits. And the problem of stable and, let's say, continuous supply of fresh and uh, dried produce in, in Uzbekistan, and not only in Uzbekistan, Central Asian region, is quite important. It's not easy to uh, consolidate the supplies. If you want to supply a bigger chain, let's say, somewhere in the U.S. or in Europe or any developed country, you are basically looking at many containers of fruits and foods to be delivered on a continuous basis. And for that, you need a supply base. You need to have a sustainable, continuous supply. So this is one of the challenges that we have come against. And Dilshot actually has, uh, we, we have met uh, with Dilshot at exactly this stage. And he has uh, introduced us uh, with the you know, Central Asian Working Group, where uh, we are also a working party. We're considered to be a party. I'm a, a member of this working group. And we had an opportunity to develop and to promote the first international commercial standards of outlook for dried melons to work out another competitive edge for international market. And from this perspective, from this point of view, I think... We have gained a lot from the uh, UNDP efforts, especially individually from Dilshot support. We have gained a lot. Back to you. As you're aware, Uzbekistan is on its journey to join the World Trade Organization, the WTO. 
What is your view on this ambition? I support this ambition to become a member of WTO. And if there is a chance, obviously, I would like to uh, be engaged in this process. WTO, I think, uh, would give us an opportunity to reach the market quicker. Time to market would be quicker. So we would have less obstacles with uh, deliveries and less obstacles with uh, the prices. Now, I could talk about like for hours, but uh, we're always working towards increasing the value chain, like increasing the value of our products. In this regard, we are looking into the possibility of getting the land plots and actually developing organic food because we know that organic food is valued more in the developed parts of the world. So we're working towards that. And importantly, I have mentioned about the packaging. I've mentioned that we would like to put more value based on not only just drying fruits, but also making, let's say, sort of, I don't know, uh, candies and uh, bakery products and confectionery and ice creams and many, many forms of uh, chocolate, uh, dried fruits. There are many opportunities out there. We just, we're looking for investors to come in. We are prepared to sit at the table and discuss. Thank you, Bhaktia. And over to you, Yoshad. You supporting the government in terms of trade policy, formulation, the necessary reforms. What is your view on the accession process of Uzbekistan? I think the accession process is progressing very well. I think there is a progress on that direction. We support our partners that we work in Uzbekistan, as national partners, the ministry, in particular, the Ministry of Investments and Foreign Trade, enhancing capacities and skills of, of the staff of relevant ministries and agencies on, on the issues related to WTO accession, formulating strategies, negotiation techniques, and then other relevant issues, necessary issues in this process. We are working closely with our partners in Uzbekistan and provide support on the, every aspect which is required. Thank you, Dosha. And coming back to the nexus of trade and peace, based on your experience in Uzbekistan, which is part of a very hot neighborhood, what role do you see trade playing in helping to facilitate peace? Thank you, Axel. Yeah, that's a very good question. And as I already mentioned earlier, the diversification matters for, for sustainable economic development. And what matters for diversification is, is trade. Trade is, is crucial for economic development and diversification. So trade and productive capacities underpin the economic dimension of sustainable development and play a central role in poverty reduction. And what this means is improving livelihoods of the population of the increasing employment opportunities, especially in the rural areas, cross-border areas. And that definitely contributes to stability and peace building in the region and in the countries. International trade and cross-border trade and making producers more competitive help countries to grow faster, innovate, improve productivity, and provide higher income and more opportunities to their people. And as we know, most of the people in the countries live in, in the rural areas. That's why it, it matters to ensure stability, ensure that the improving livelihoods are ensured, and also uh, more income opportunities are created for the people, which contributes to stability and peace building. I would like to pin, uh, highlight that the area that where we are is landlocked. Uzbekistan is landlocked. So we have uh, twice a challenge as any other country would actually to export anything or to, to import anything. So 
For us, international cross-border trade is quite important as a development, development factor of the economy. For access to WTO or entering the WTO, I think this is also one of the main criteria. And second thing that I would like to pay attention to is we have a special emphasis on social responsibility in production. And we have, for example, both solar panels for drying the fruits using the renewable energy sources, not just conventional sources of energy. And we are employing more and more women and we're paying more and more emphasis to social events because we live by the values that the United Nations actually promotes, the SDGs. And we are actually supporters of green methodologies for production purposes. Answering your question regarding the regional framework of cooperation, strongly supported and I consider it to be vital because uh, one country on its own, be it Uzbekistan or Kazakhstan or Kyrgyzstan, it cannot supply enough fruits, fresh or dried fruits on international level. Only by, let's say, coordinating the supports and by working as one, it's possible to address the needs of the market, of a niche market or bigger market of developed countries. And from this perspective, it's important to provide access to information, first of all. And the UNDP has done a great piece of work in this regard. They have provided access to information for the regional cooperation. Now we have more information with regards to imports and exports of certain commodities and certain types of products. And we can do our own research, our own desktop research. And then we can do our forecasts of sales and reach out to clients more effectively and more efficiently. But then again, there is still plenty of work to be done in these regards. And I just want to mention one thing that we, when we were working out the international standards uh, for dried melons, we actually went to the Geneva, to uh, United Nations headquarters, to UNEC event, working group event, and we participated as a region, as a whole region, and we, we were heard and we could support and prove and defend this standard on international level. I think this is a, an important milestone and it's a factor that can unite the region as a whole. So from the perspective of regional framework of cooperation, I think there are plenty of works to be done. And yes, uh, we will be there to support for particularly Uzbekistan, but also the whole Central Asian region to enter the WTO. And what is your view in terms of trade as a vehicle for promoting peace in the region? You know, trade is considered to be one of the major factors that directly influences the economic development of a country, the well-being of each person, and let's say GDP per capita of a particular country. And if a person on an individual level, on a family level, has, let's say, abundance and wealth and is basically independent of daily, let's say, thoughts about where to find food, how to fill the stomach, then they can think about higher-end values and they can think about strategic development. I think it's critically important that this regional dialogue and regional development takes place. And trade, especially trade within the region and also international trade, can be a key decision-making factor in these regards. Thank you. Back to you. Now, we've talked about trade policy. We've seen the policy and we've seen the implementation aspect of it and how it's affecting SMEs like yours. I would like us now to have a little fun with our rapid fire segment. 
I would like to ask you both five questions. You have 10 seconds to respond. We want to get to know you on a more personal level. So let's get started with rapid fire. I would like to start with you, Dilshad, and then Bakhtia, you can respond after Dilshad responds to questions one through five. Dilshad, what is your favorite Central Asian dish? It's piwap. And what is piwap? Yeah, piwap is a traditional Uzbek dish made of rice and meats and carrots and prepared them in the pot. So uh, it's, it's really delicious and uh, you should definitely try it. <laughs> I invite okay, you to <laughs> Great. And Bhaktia, yours? Pilaf. Type of pilaf. Okay. Dilshad, a book you would recommend? Yeah, maybe it's the, the, the book that is very, it sounds very crucial in the time that we live. It's a book by Leo Tolstoy, the famous Russian writer. It's uh, War and Peace. War and Peace. Yes. And to you, Bhaktia? I would recommend this book, John Maxwell's book, Developing the Leader Within You. Oh, fantastic. Um, Bhaktia, your favorite dry fruit as a producer of dry fruit. <laughs> dried melon. <laughs> dried melon. <laughs> and you, Dilshad? Dry raisins. Dry raisins. Uh, dry mango. <laughs> I come from a tropical region. We eat a lot of mangoes. <laughs> and your favorite place to travel in Central Asia? It's Samarkand. Samarkand. And to you, Bakhtia? Mine would be to Bukhara because I am originally from Bukhara region. Okay. And one thing you would like to see happen in 2022? Dilshad? Yeah, the accession of Uzbekistan to WTO. And over to you, Bakhtia. Yeah, the same accession of Uzbekistan to WTO and peace, peace for trade. Absolutely. Uh, we will celebrate Uzbekistan accession. I think you're on a fast path. We're all keeping our fingers crossed to see you cross over to joining the WTO. Thank you, uh, Dilshad and Bakhtia, for this enriching discussion. I always end the podcast with the last short question. In just one word, what does trade for peace mean to you and why? Let's start with you, Bakhtia. Development. Development because it provides economic development and social well-being. Thank you. And over to you, Dilshad. Prosperity, I would say. If I may, I could end the second word with shared prosperity. So trade can play a crucial role in providing shared prosperity for all the people and to spread the gains of trade equitably and equitably across the country and across the population. That was Dilshad Akbarov and Bakhtia Shadiev. Dilshad Bakhtia, thank you for joining us today on Trade for Peace to share regional, national, and firm-level perspectives. As we discussed, trade has the potential to play a transformative role in Central Asia by addressing many of the unique issues faced by the region. Thank you. Thank you, Axel. It was our pleasure to, be, to attend this podcast. Thank you, Axel. It has been a pleasure for the discussion, for interesting discussion and informative discussion. Thank you. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to our episode, Central Asia Perspectives from policy to implementation. Don't forget to follow us on social media channels. We are present on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn as Trade for Peace. I am your host, Axel Addy. You have been listening to Trade for Peace, brought to you by the WTO's Trade for Peace program. 
You can be a part of the conversation by sharing your stories and your suggestions with us at tradeforpeace at WTO.org. And you can also follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn at Trade for Peace. Be sure to tune in every other week for new episodes. Thank you for listening to Trade for Peace.